I saw the white light that everybody's talking about. Um, I could feel the warmth. I could feel the love. I could feel the peace. That was really, really important for me at that time was just that peaceful feeling. And he asked, do you want to stay? And I said, yes, I want to stay. I hope you will consider joining me for Rebirth 2023, my most popular annual course. It kicks off on January 16th, and over two weeks, I will be bringing you various teaching modules on renewing your soul and charting your path. The experience includes exclusive channeled transmissions from my guides, the Z's, many delivered live, Qigong from Stephen Washington, a live Q&A, a community forum, support resources, and some special guest teachers and bonus content. To learn more, see the link below and use the code IMPACT10 for a 10% discount. Hello, welcome to Impact the World. Thank you for tuning in. And as ever, if you enjoy the show, please do subscribe, rate or review. It helps us reach more people. And people is why we make this show and the people we want to reach. Today's show is very close to my heart because I have as my guest one of my closest friends, Monica Lawson. So Monica has been an intuitive all of her life and has been someone who has been a spiritual advisor and an intuitive reader for people for well over a decade. She just had a book come out called Chase You, which she co-authored with Elizabeth Kendig. So we are going to talk about Chase You, the collaboration between Monica and Elizabeth, and we're also just going to touch base on intuition and how it shows up in our life, how it showed up for Monica, and some of the journeys that it has taken her on along the way. So thank you for being here and welcome, dear Monica. Thank you for having me. We've been talking about doing this for, I think, almost two years because the book was in process about two years ago. So, you know, I, I will talk about the book a bit later, but I think the best place to start for you and I is you're someone that I met a little over five years ago, about six years ago. And I immediately knew you as an intuitive, but I, I didn't know your story and your childhood near-death experience that really was the trigger event until probably a couple of years into knowing you. And it's, it's a very powerful story. So would you mind sharing with us what happened when you were a kid? Because it really was the gateway to everything else for you. Definitely. So I was nine years old. It was actually my sister's second birthday, and we we're on our way to go visit family. And um, just a bunch of events happened that I ended up being in the front seat. And back then we didn't have to wear seat belts. And so I was in the front seat. My mother, my sisters were in the back seat. My father was driving. And something told me to get down and pray. I heard it really loudly. And so I immediately bent down, started praying, and I passed out. I totally fainted. What I later found out is that we were in a horrific car accident and I flew through the windshield. And once I flew out, um, I don't remember anything at, up until that point. 
what I've been told now is that nobody was stopping to help us and we're in the middle of nowhere. And a white El Camino with um, two gray hair people wearing all white stopped to help my family who actually happened to have CB in their car to call an ambulance to come help my family. But before that happened, there was nobody there. A truck stopped. And so my mother had blind faith and said, please take her, take her to the nearest hospital. I could kind of hear what was, what was being said, but I couldn't talk, I couldn't move. I, I just remember being in my body and thinking, what's going on, what's going on? And so they put me in the car and in the car I could hear the people saying, she's dead, she's dead. And I'm wanting to scream and say, no, I'm alive, I'm alive, but I couldn't. At one point I did take a deep breath and I heard everybody say, She's alive, she's alive, but then I fainted again. So by this point, then the next thing I remember is we're in the emergency room and I'm on one table and my two-year-old sister's on the next table. And again, I keep going in and out, in and out. And I'm looking at her thinking she had died because she was in shock and she had burns, you know, through her whole body and they were trying to get her to respond. She wouldn't respond. And I wanted to touch her. And so as soon as I went to go touch her, I fainted again. That's when everything started. So as I fainted, I could hear people in the background telling me, it's gonna be okay, it's gonna be okay, relax. But I knew it wasn't the people working on us because I could clearly hear them too. And so as it was happening, I was trying to concentrate on both sets of voices. Well, the people in the emergency room's voice started kind of being muffled and I could feel and hear whoever it was that was talking to me at that point. That's what snapped me into. I started paying attention to it. So once I did, I actually saw myself come out of my body and I'm at the corner of the room and I'm watching them work on my on myself and my sister because I had glass all over my face and they were having to pull it out and stitches and everything like that. And as I'm watching everything happen, I could still hear the voices behind me, but what snapped my attention was the feeling. It was this immense amount of love that I had never experienced ever, ever, ever. And so I kind of came to and I was like, what's going on, what's going on? And then I could start seeing and feeling all the beings coming through. And so as I started paying attention, looking back, I don't think I realized, whoa, I'm out of my body. I'm just like, what's happening here? Um, but once I started seeing the beings, I thought, uh-oh, am I gone? But it felt so good that it didn't really matter at that point. Um, and so I can hear them talking, just basically reassuring me everything's okay, everything is okay. But then there was this louder voice, a more masculine and feminine voice that I knew was God, it was totally God. I saw the white light that everybody's talking about. Um, I could feel the warmth. I could feel the love, I could feel the peace. That was really, really important for me at that time, was just that peaceful feeling. And um, he asked, do you wanna stay? And I said, yes, I wanna stay. Life had been pretty hard up until that point, and that feeling that I was just, in just a big hug, it was just all around me, I wanted to stay. And I felt kind of like a bad joke because then he was like, well, no, you have to go back. <laughs> now I see that I was supposed to come back so I can talk about this event. Um, but I was sad 
I was sad to come back because it was the most incredible feeling that I, it, words doesn't even do it any justice. And so once I felt everybody and I stayed in there a little bit longer, just feeling everything around me, it was time. They told me it was time you have to go back. And so they held my hand, all the angels, I guess I should say who's they are, a bunch of angels, walked me back down, placed me back in my body. And as I was just finally putting my head back in, they waved goodbye. And then I came to after that. And you have a, a, do you have a visual memory of them now? Like what they looked, was it all very clear visually to you? Or was it more feeling or, or both? It was actually both. And a lot of people do ask me, what did you see? You know, since you could see. So I could see angels that look like us with the wings. Um, I could also see beings that were kind of like mist or fog. Um, God was the bright white light. That's exactly what I saw. It was just bright white light. Um, but they were they look like you and I with beautiful wings. And you said that when you were in the back of the car right before the accident happened, you heard a voice say to you, get down and pray. Mm -hmm. Do you remember hearing a voice before that time or is that is that the first time you remember hearing a voice? The first time, the first time. Because I know you now to be somebody who speaks to the other side all the time and mm -hmm. gets messages from the other side. And for well over a decade, you gave readings to people. And I know you stopped giving readings in 2021, and we'll mm -hmm. talk about that a bit more later too. But, you know, one of the things I loved about you quite quickly when we were getting to know each other was you have this rule. You're, you're, you're kind of brilliantly stubborn with the other side because <laughs> you will say to them, okay, oh, I don't want to do that. You have to give it to me three times. So can you explain this? Because it's a really good system you have. I think a lot of intu a lot of people, well, how do I measure intuition? How do I test it? How do I know it's the right thing to act on? You have a fantastic three times rule. So yeah. do you mind sharing that? <laughs> absolutely. I am very stubborn. You're absolutely <laughs> correct on that. That's why we get on. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but the system, I actually developed it for the kids, my children. I wanted them to experience the magic. I wanted, you know, and then after them, I wanted everybody to experience the magic. So I thought, how can I make this very simplistic for them to kind of grasp the concept of it? And so as I meditated and kept asking the other side, help me teach this, um, I got the three A's. And so I always tell people, if you do the three A's, you will get your messages. And so the first one is, is acknowledge. I tell people, whether you believe in this or not, just acknowledge that you have a spiritual team with you. Grant them permission that they can help you because we do have to grant them permission. We have free will here, so we're allowed to do whatever it is that we want, but we have to grant them permission in order for them to interfere. So step one is always acknowledge your team. Step two is ask them to send you the same sign three times within three days. And I always ask for the same sign because then I know it's them. If they're giving me a word three different times, it's no doubt, it's them. And then lastly, I ask them to give me clarity to know that it's from them. And so basically hit me over the head with it. And if you use that three system, they will start responding to you and give you the guidance that you need. What I love about the, the system is, you know, part one, acknowledge. Mm -hmm. it, it's interesting. One of the things I learned in the first few years of doing readings for people 
is it was so much more powerful when I did a reading for someone who wasn't skeptical and wasn't pulling back from it. And it was very rare that happened to me. But on the few occasions I had those, I noticed it, it kind of made me understand we have to give permission. So I, I always remind people who are nervous about going for a reading. I always say, well, it's really up to you. The reader can't get things on you that you don't want the reader to get. Whereas I think there's this skewed perception of, oh no, what's the psychic seeing? Well, mm -hmm. the psychic is seeing what they're allowed to see according to your own team. So, so true. that's part one. But the thing I love about number two, you've you've told me about this experience you have. The, the three times doesn't have to be hearing the voice three times. For you, it could be seeing a car number plate with that word Correct. or seeing a poster or someone mentioning the word to you. So in a way, it's synchronicity that you're also listening for, right? And it coming to you. Absolutely. It can come and it doesn't have to come one per day. It could come two in one day, not get anything the middle day. And then the third day you get your final one. But you're absolutely correct. The signs could be a billboard, a license plate, a random email, watching TV. And they say the word that, you know, that you've already heard. It can come in any and all formats. I was leaving you a message the other day, as we often do, we leave each other messages. And uh, I was I was in a car at the time and I was leaving you a message talking about something I was about to change right. in my life mm -hmm. that I thought needed to change because I needed more space. And I literally, as I'm leaving you this message, I go past a billboard that says, welcome to freedom. <laughs> and and I, read, I said to you, oh, there, there's my, there, thank you billboard. There's my sign from the universe mm -hmm. that this is the right choice. So I'm gonna ask you a question that I think comes up a lot for many of us who work with intuition. How on earth have you navigated being an intuitive and still having a quote unquote normal life and being with family members, friends and loved ones who perhaps don't believe this stuff or even if they don't, even if they believe it, they just don't work with it. How have you navigated that in your own life? Because it's always a tricky one for us, I think. Yeah, it's very tricky, especially at the beginning. Um, I've always been told to keep your spiritual practice private or your spiritual life, um, I found that that's really, really helpful, extremely helpful. I don't ever go out and, you know, give unsolicited advice or messages or anything like that. I think that's really helpful. I think boundaries with the other side is always very helpful um, because I'm sure you've experienced we're somewhere and we start getting messages to deliver to other people. We don't have to deliver them. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think boundaries and just really keeping your practice to yourself is really, really helpful and easier to navigate. And let's go to when you started giving readings. Like, how did that happen? Because you had the accident and from the accident onwards, you were in contact with the other side. Mm -hmm. But there was a good chapter of time before you started giving readings. So how did that all happen? And was it connected to going to Santa Monica? to do your studies. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm just wondering, I'm trying to piece, piece it together. It's actually a really beautiful story. Now, looking back, I did, um, I lived the life that you're supposed to live, have a beautiful marriage, have children, have an education, have a home. I had everything that I had ever wanted, never dreamed of. Um, but there was always something missing and I couldn't quite figure out what that was. And I would search and search and search and I just, you know, trying to use the mind on what is it that I was missing. And um, the more I searched, the more I kept getting proddings from the other side. And so one day I finally 
asked my husband, I'm like, I don't, what do I do? What do I do? And he's like, surrender to it. See what happens, see what comes up. And, you know, of course I had a freak out moment going, oh my God, I'm going to start giving readings and, you know, helping people. And what's this going to look like to the neighbors and, and things like that. All the thoughts went through my mind. Um, but really when I sat down with it and thought I can help somebody is when I finally decided to step up to the plate. And so once I made that decision, I started taking every class, every seminar, read every book, you know, all the greats, um, got to meet you, um, and just really allowed the other side to send me every teacher, every class, every event that I needed in order to start giving the readings out. I wanted to make sure I was crystal clear on how to do it before I actually started to do it. And I started with family and friends first. And then, you know, they would tell somebody else and tell somebody else and it just organically grew. And how many years were you giving the readings for, do you think? It was it was over a decade, over wasn't it? Over a decade. Mm -hmm. And you had clients from all walk of life and you would do multiple each week and, and you really loved it. You really enjoyed mm -hmm. it. And then you heard it was time to, 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 to shut it down. Mm -hmm. and, and, and the reason I want to touch on that is this is a common thing. There are some people I know who do readings for 50 years and it's part of their life. But unlike you, I loved doing my readings mm -hmm. and I did them for, I think, 16 years or 50. So I couldn't imagine not doing them. But then I also got the nudge, okay, it's time to, 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 to let a different space come in. What was the process like for you? Because I know it can be tricky. It can be tricky. Um, I guess, let's see, how did I get to that point? Events started coming in, somebody wanting this or somebody wanting me to do that. And then the other side kept saying, you got to write a book. You got to write a book as much as I, I always fight everything. <laughs> um, you got to write a book. And really the other side made the decision for me. They were saying, there's no way you're going to be able to continue with the reading schedule and then go out and do these other things that we need you to do. So we're going to have to let the readings go. So it was kind of made for me. Yeah. And I know to trust and have faith in the other side. And so I've done so and beautiful doors have opened up. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because we're here sitting talking about your book. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about Elizabeth and how you met and, mm -hmm. and how this book came to be. Oh, my little sidekick. She's so sweet. <laughs> so she was a client. Let me backtrack here a little bit. This might be helpful for people. Um, for the longest, I didn't have a website. I didn't have a phone number. I didn't have a business card. I would just say, send me the souls that you need me to deliver messages to. And I would open up my little computer every morning and there would be everybody. One day there was Elizabeth. And so I read for Elizabeth for about, I think it was five years where she was just the client. And so we would, um, I would read for her every once in a while. But from day one, the other side had me feel that there was a special connection there. Um, I remember after the first reading, I told my husband, I'm like, there's something special here. I don't know what it is, but there's some, some kind of connection. There's something there. Um, and we wouldn't know that until five years later. But the other side kept telling me, you got to write a book. You got to write a book. Um, and I kept saying, I don't know how to write a book. I wouldn't know the first steps to writing a book. And so my husband one night, I said, I'm so frustrated with the other side. They want me to write this book. And my husband said, hello, ask them to send you somebody. And I thought, oh my God, my old medicine. So that night I told the other side, I said, you want me to write a book? Send me somebody that will help me write the book. The very next morning, she sends me a text 
saying, hey, do you have a minute? I had a dream last night that I want to talk to you about. And so my husband and I were in the car going out of town and I put her on speaker and I said, yeah, what's up? And she said, I had a strange dream last night that I'm supposed to write a book for you. I was floored. I was totally floored. And I'm laughing and she knows me by now. And she's like, why are you laughing? And I said, I literally asked the other side last night that if they really want me to write this book, they got to send me somebody. She's like, let's do it. And it was a beautiful dream. And so I said, okay. She said, so what's our next step? I said, we wait. And she's like, what do you mean we wait? And I said, we wait. The next step will come in. She's like, okay. A couple weeks later, the next step came in, then the following step, and then the following step. So it's been a beautiful, effortless journey. And the title of the book I love is Chase You. And explain to us why it's called Chase You. Because we're so busy chasing everything outside of us. Everything that society tells us we're supposed to be and do and look like. Um, you know, even our beautiful parents telling us what we should do. And I did everything, everything I was told to do, what I was supposed to have, where all the achievements I was supposed to have. Um, and there was still something missing. And so once I started on my journey and then I started helping other clients, I started seeing the patterns that we really need to chase ourselves, not the external things. And the, the more we chase ourselves, the more authentic we become, the more joy we have, the more peace we have, the more happiness we have. I love that. And how, what was the process like for you guys in creating this book? Because I should share, you know, you, you open the book with your story and then Elizabeth is sharing a lot. And then the two of you have a kind of back and forth at parts of the book too. Mm -hmm. So yeah, what was the process like for the two of you in creating the book as, as a collaboration? Yeah, just like you're, you're pointing it out. Um, we would, um, she would ask me questions. I would, you know, respond with the information. We would meet, we would talk, we would, um, as you have taught me, creativity might start this way, but then it goes this way and then it goes this way and then it goes this way. And that's really how we did it. We just tag teamed it and went back and forth on every single thing of the book. Mm. And it was just, as you know, I've realized that I'm a collaborator. I love collaborating. So it was pretty easy and effortlessly to do it as a team back and forth. Well, one of the things that you've taught me about, because you and I, I'm part of the reason probably we're good friends, is we're different. Mm -hmm. So I'm a generator. <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> and you explained to me that you've learned for you, you have to be invited. Like you're great at saying yes if someone else invites you or creates the scenario, but you're not necessarily going to generate or create it by yourself. And I know you have a very highly creative generating daughter yes. and a generating <laughs> husband, yes. you know, so it's, it's, it's beautiful. And then your son is a little more like you in a way. So, mm -hmm. and of course they're all beautiful individuals in their own right. But so I, I'll ask you this question. Did you have to overcome anything to let this book happen? Because you are more of an introvert and you are private. And I'm very grateful you said you do this because I know it's not necessarily, you're not running <laughs> to do interviews or things like that. Right. But, uh, and, but I think there are so many people who are wired the same way you are, but who still have a creative urge or a creative dream, but but the roadblock might be, oh, I kind of want to stay private. I don't want to, and, and I think, you know, I, I, I see how you've navigated that very well. Is, is there any advice you would give to people or what has your experience been of, of saying yes to something that might challenge your introversion or your privacy? Yeah, I think the first thing is, um, be okay that you 
are an introvert, that privacy is important to you, totally accept who you are and start from there. I know for a long time I would beat myself up because I wasn't a generator and I wasn't, you know, doing that the way I saw everybody around me doing. Once I think I was okay with this is who I am and this is how I work, that really helped me out a lot. It would just, it opened doors the way I needed them to be open. In fact, when the other side was, you know, pushing me to write the book, I did say, send me somebody um, that I could collaborate with. But the other thing I said was it has to be effortlessly. It has to be joyously, um, easy breezy. And it was, it totally was. I think that would be, the first thing I would say is embrace who you are and be okay with it. And then the second thing is use your team to help you to create the way you want to create and it will all come in. And just being a, an observer of your process the last two years, it's been effortless, like almost to the point where <laughs> you we'd be talking and you go, oh yeah, and I had a book meeting this week and I hadn't heard you talk about the book for weeks. And you go, well, I haven't had to work on it for weeks. And it was like you one of the most effortless <laughs> book birthings I've ever seen in my life, mm -hmm. which is so your jam. Yeah, it's totally my jam. And I love that you brought up earlier about the fact you had no website, no business card, because when I did the Own Your Value training course back in 2018, one of the reasons reasons I had you as a guest example was you were a highly successful reader who had a long wait list, mm -hmm. but you weren't playing the game the way I think a lot of people think they have to. That, you know, I think, I think especially these days because we, we are more aware of promotion and marketing mm -hmm. as independent entrepreneurs than we were 20 years ago because the internet has allowed that. I think sometimes people get lost in that. Right before they've got clear about their own values. And I, I love for you that your non-negotiable is, no, I want a private life. I'll do this public work if it helps people, but I'm not going to compromise my value there. And I think that's so important because then your work is authentic and right. has a lot of integrity and is, is gonna serve you as well as the people you're serving. And that's important that it serves both because it can get out of balance. So one of the things I know you're passionate about because you're very maternal, you're a, you're a total mama bear for your kids, but you're also, you know, as you have explained to me over the years, you were kind of a maternal figure to your sisters too. You, okay. you, you know, you had to take on responsibility at a very early age mm -hmm. um, because of your parents' divorce and how, where, how that left your family. Mm -hmm. So you've got that mama imprint. And one of the things that I remember us talking about was you're actually passionate about helping young people mm -hmm. and helping young people get this information. And I remember I remember you did a talk at McAllen, I think it mm -hmm. was, mm -hmm. and you were lit up afterwards. And it was great because before you were doing it, you were not sure because it meant... So to you now, what does it mean that this book and any work you do in the future could, could help others normalize their experiences? Absolutely. Um, McAllen was really eye-opening because we had kids in there, we had adults in there, we had all different ages. And the reoccurring theme was that they do get this kind of information, but they didn't know what to do with it. And so I think I'm hoping that this book will really open the eyes to everybody that we all have this. Every single one of us can do this. Every single one of us have it. Um, and I would really love for everyone to embrace it. So if we go back in time a little bit to when you were younger, and so you've recovered or are recovering from the accident. At what point in your teens were you aware that you had this connection to the other side and how did it manifest? It was almost immediately. I remember coming home and I could see, hear and feel 
things around me. Um, but when I would talk about it, the adults would want me to not talk about it. And so it was like, no, no, they're going to think you're crazy and, and things like that. So I was really, really careful to just kind of quiet it down. And then as I was growing up, I would say things and that would come true. And well, how do you know this? How do you know this? But I was very guarded because of the story I was told early on about don't say anything. But probably around late 20s is when the other side came really knocking on the door, showing up every single night about um, ready for me to get to work. And I fought it and fought it and fought it till I couldn't fight it anymore. And you had your kids by then. I did. Mm -hmm. So do you, do you think, because I often hear motherhood really, and not just motherhood, for fathers too, the arrival of a child in your life can really open up your senses, your intuition, because you suddenly have to include another being in your in your thinking and your do you think that had an effect for you maybe um maybe but i think my searching is what really busted it open when i'm like there's more to, to life there has to be more and don't get me wrong i was extremely happy really really happy but it was just this burning yearning that there was something else i was supposed to be doing which we all have mm. And how does it feel now? Like here we are at this moment where you have you have a life that you're very happy with. You've got a beautiful family, which is really important to you. Very. You, you've got this legacy of all these readings that you've done. And this book has just come out. And yet I also know you're holding space for what's next. But how do you feel like right now today about where you're at with your connection to intuition and the fact that you've been able to put it out into the world in some way? I'm nervous. <laughs> nervous because we're doing this interview or nervous about what's next or? Just opening the door, mm. you know, because I am so private and I like to keep my privacy. So I'm nervous, but at the same time, I'm joyous because I think the book is going to help out so many people. And if I can help, I always say, if I can help one person, I'm thrilled. But I know I've, we've already received so much, so many emails and texts just telling us how this book is really changing their life and helping them. So that will keep me going. That's fantastic. And I, I must ask, because I can tell some people who are listening or watching will want to know this. How did you and Elizabeth end up with your publisher, Post Hill Press, who are part of Simon & Schuster? Correct. Yeah. yeah. How did you end up with them? Again, we just waited. <laughs> and so Maria, our agent, came in and then she brought in somebody by the name of Johnny. And um, Johnny had the connections with Post Hill and Simon Schuster and our beautiful team of Maria and Johnny got everybody involved. And w literally it's, we waited and every step showed up. And who did they contact you or Elizabeth? Uh, Elizabeth. And that was because they'd seen something she'd done or, cause I know she was doing a lot of blogging and, yes, and she yeah. had a whole um, thing online. She had met Maria, ah. I think a year prior maybe. And Maria randomly reached out to her. But you see, I love this because the reason that my belief, and this is my belief, the reason that Elizabeth could have that dream is because the players were already in place. So it's like often the, the players, the places, the events yeah. are in place in our life, but we're not usually seeing those threads. And then things can kind of come together and happen in that way. Mm -hmm. That's great. And we have to get out of our own way. Yes, we do. <laughs> and I know Elizabeth isn't with us today, but how is she feeling about the fact that you two have birthed this book, baby? She's ecstatic. Yeah. She's ecstatic. She, I couldn't have picked a better partner. That's fantastic. She's amazing. That's fantastic. So I know that for you, in the last year or so, 
we have, you know, we share our lives and our journeys and everything together. And, and there's something that you've been searching through or moving through that I think is really powerful thing to share if you're if you're willing. It was about a year or so ago that we started talking about you said, I realize I have to figure out what I want. And that for so long in your life, the wants of others had been a great meeting point for you mm -hmm. and had been the place that you would lean into service, whether it was your family or your sisters or your kids or, and you, you reach this point where you realize that old program was kind of done in you. It was, mm -hmm. it was time in their lives and in your life for you to kind of break that down a bit. So you went into that very liminal <laughs> space that we go into <laughs> or that no man's land. Mm -hmm. So yeah, what could you share with us about when you find yourself in the what do I want mystery is, is there anything you can share? Because I'm sure there will be people right now going, I think I'm in that space, but I don't know what to do with it or how to get out of it or how to get have a breakthrough. I would say probably, I think the first thing I really kind of looked at was who am I? What are my core values? What do I want in life? Again, we're bombarded with what we're supposed to be, what we're supposed to do. And I think it's important to really finally get to the point, well, what do I want to do? Who do I want to be? What do I want in life? For me, I think the first thing was finding the core values and not the values that I have been, that were put upon me. Um, that really helped me out through going, and I'm still still teasing it out. You know, it does take time of what it is that I want in life and need in life. But we're so busy, especially as mothers serving others, um, that we tend to forget that. And that's, and we can't forget it. It's so crucial for us to know. And as you go through that journey, do you notice shifts in the relationships that are used to you being a certain way? <laughs> Definitely. The children and my husband and family and friends, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can re I can relate. I've been going through my own version of that the last few months. And I think I'm, early, as I've said to you, I'm earlier in that process. <laughs> but isn't it interesting? Like what I've noticed is we almost have to reach the goals or the places that we feel we're supposed to get to in order for the next layer to come in. So you get there and you experience it and then it's almost like you can go on a whole other layer of the journey, which is what I've witnessed with you and mm -hmm. what I'm experiencing a level of myself right now. Yeah. Definitely. So Monica, if you were to be able to take a blank canvas for the years of 2023 and 2024, what would you like to create for yourself in the next couple mm. of years? It's a tricky question for me because I'm really trying to learn to surrender and have complete trust and faith. Um, growing up, I was so, I like to joke that I'm a, a recovering type A personality. And so having to learn to surrender and have trust and faith is really big for me. And so I think just to go with the flow and see what comes in and say more yeses. Beautiful. And, you know, we talk about the world a fair amount and mm -hmm. what's going on in the world. And what do you think the world is going to is going to need or, or could need in the next couple of years as we move through these these times that are very tumultuous? I really think to find our authentic selves. I think that's going to be huge for everybody to wake up and, and really figure out who am I and why am I here? And the quicker we can all get to that point the more we can do for humanity and actually have a vibrational shift for the planet. 
And that's also why, you know, we're, I think we're in this time of system overhaul because so many parts of the world, areas in various countries, if people are trapped inside the system and, and trying to survive the system, there's no room for that kind of inquiry because you can't, you can't always get above it. For some people, it happens. I mean, there are people who've awakened in prison cells. Right. So it's not that it can't happen, but there is also this system overhaul that we're seeing now where which is needed basically for us to be able to kind of get to get to that the heart of that question mm -hmm. are you um are you excited about where we're going as a world or or would it be another word that you would you would you would put in there i'm hopeful 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 i am excited but i, I i'm a little hesitant to use that word because i know we have to go through some more bumps. Um, but I do see us changing. I do see us changing quicker than what we're realizing. Um, but I, yeah, I'm hopeful. I, I see the changes happening too, even though we're still up against a lot of stuff, no right. doubt, no question. I also see these pivotal breakthroughs in people's way of seeing things or innovations. You know, it, it's definitely the evidence is there. So. What what gives you hope, or what 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 is something that can activate hope in you? Because that's a really important energy for people to be able to have, especially when things are tough. What is it that gives you hope? More people waking up and wanting to know who am I and why am I here? Which might be why you need to put your work out there a bit more. <laughs> it's going, it's going, <laughs> it's happening. It might be why. Yeah. So you know what? It's interesting. Uh, maybe we can we can close this conversation with one of your. I don't know if it's a core value for you, but it's one of your core themes. Ever since I met you, you used the word mission mm -hmm. as something. That, it's a word you feel very aligned with, and it's a teaching that you offer people. I mean, it's it's in the book too. Mm -hmm. So could you talk? a little bit about what is a personal mission for someone? What does that mean for someone who's never really ascribed that word to their life? Yes, um, I'm very passionate about that word. You are. Um, I believe and I know that every single person, every single human on this earth has a mission. We're all here to do something. We're all here to help heal, teach, serve a community. And we're here to leave a legacy for the future generations. I think more importantly, everybody needs to know they matter because they're a piece of the bigger puzzle. And so the quicker we can get everyone aligned to their mission, why are you here? The quicker I think, again, humanity and the earth can shift, but everybody is equally important. Everybody equally has an important mission. And I want everyone to know that. Brilliant. And what, what could a mission be? Like what, what could a, a mission be for a, for, a, for a person as an example? Um, I love that question. So it could be anything from curing cancer to helping your neighbor. Um, it's anything and everything that's being kind and helping somebody else. We always are always trying to look for the thing to help us, but we really need to be looking outward. We're here to help others. And I know for you that you, you have no shadow of a doubt that being a mother was like a, a huge part of your mission this mm -hmm. time. And, and so that in itself, I mean, I always think parents have just this enormous job that's kind of not, not ever really called a job, but it should be because it is. Um, so somebody could have their mission be their parenting or like you said, helping neighbors, helping people, but mm -hmm. something that 
in a way, from what I hear you say, connects us to others, connects into other people in the world, or if not people, you're working with forests and reforestation or Absolutely. something that kind of keeps our connected ecosystem alive. Absolutely. So is your mission changing, do you think? Or do you think this is just an evolution of your mission? Like evolution, a next step? for right. sure. Mm -hmm. Okay. How many books do you think you're going to write in your oh lifetime? Oh, my Lord. <laughs> <laughs> as many as the other side tells me to write, that I will definitely write. <laughs> that, is, that is beautifully and correctly <laughs> evaded. Well done, well done. Oh, well, this has been lovely. Thank you for thank you for coming here. And I will, I guess I'll... I, I, I'll ask you one last question because I can't help myself. Okay. Um, but I also know that short is your thing, right? Short. You like short. short so I knew we knew that we wouldn't be we knew <laughs> that we wouldn't be going for an hour or so. Um, huh. This is an interesting question. I want to ask you about crystals. What's your relationship to crystals, and what's your understanding of their energy? So this came in randomly. I did not come up with this. this I know. Just I'm like, in. why did that one come I, no, in? No, I, yeah. I have no idea. But that's what came to me. That's interesting because I know they're amazing. I know they're wonderful. I know they hold power. I know they can clear. I know they can heal. I don't work with crystals very much. Um, do I carry them? Of course. Um, do I tell pe other people to get crystals? Absolutely. But that's not some. That's not an area that I work with. You know why I asked you that question? Because you just gave me the words where we need to go next, which is clear. You're very good. You're somebody who is an advocate in my life for reminding me about clearing spaces, clearing houses. Let's let's end in this area. Tell us a little bit about the importance of clearing a space, clearing a house, saging and white lighting. So yeah, just tell us a little bit about that from your experience. So while we're out in the everyday world, we are picking up energies. We're in a grocery store, we're putting gas, we're talking to people, we're picking up other people's energies. And what do we do? We go home. And while we're at home, you know, we're emitting other people's energies. So it's super important that we clear ourselves, we clear our home, we clear our car in order to not be sitting in other people's energies. And it that helps us ultimately stay true to who we are because we don't have all this other energy mucking us up. So I'm a big proponent of making sure you clear yourself every night. You can do that by taking a hot shower, a hot bath, um, saging yourself, holding crystals, um, walking barefoot on grass. I mean, there's millions of ways you can clear yourself. I like to clear my house like every week just to make sure the energy in the home is clear because if that's clear, you're pretty much clear and everything will start flowing in life. When things are kind of hard and or stopping, it's it could be because we have energy on us that doesn't belong to us. And you've you a couple of times in our relationship, you've gone, oh, I think you need to clear the house. I think you need to clear that Airbnb. You just landed it, you know, yes. yeah, so mm -hmm. uh, perfect. Well, thank you, my friend. I love mm -hmm. you. Thank you for I doing you. this. I'm so proud of you. It's thank amazing you. what you've done with Elizabeth, but I'm also, I also really hear you in not only doing this the way that you need to do it so that you're comfortable, but also the importance of you helping to normalize all of this for those who need it and who need to hear it through you and your vibration and your way. So thank you for saying yes to this and thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I love you. Love you too. Mm. So you can find the book Chase You at all good bookstores and online booksellers. And for more from Monica, we will put her website in the show notes. If you check them out, 
You can find Monica at themonicalawson.com. She is no longer doing her private readings, but I have a feeling that in the coming years, there are going to be some other things coming out other than the book. So you can get onto Monica's newsletter over there if you want to stay informed with what she's doing and keep in touch with her. So thank you everyone for joining the show today. We will see you next time on Impact the World. I hope you can join me for Rebirth 2023. This will be our sixth year of holding a Rebirth experience in January. And it's something that I originally created because I recognize that the end of a year and the beginning of a new year is a very potent and fertile time for us to let go of what we have walked through and call in what we would like to call in for the year ahead. So as well as practical and grounded guidance around how we do that and open to that, I also bring in my guides who will be very specifically working with the energy of 2023 and what we are about to walk into to help us center, ground, but also call in what it is that we want to next create. The Rebirth experience is very multidimensional. We have everything from Qigong to dance, to channeling, to grounded teaching, to energy exercises, to meditations, to music. We try and bring you as much as we possibly can in as rounded an experience as we can offer so that you can really immerse yourself in one of the themes for this year, which is renew your soul. It's something we all need to do on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. So a huge focus of Rebirth this year is renew your soul. And the other side of it is chart your path, helping you to map out the year that you're walking into with intention, with clarity, and with joy. So we look forward to you joining us for Rebirth 2023, where you can renew your soul and chart your path.